0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to the CM360 Podcast. I'm Richard Steenen, Chief Research Analyst at IT Harvest. I produce an annual history and directory of the IT security industry. IT Harvest is an industry analyst firm that covers over 3,300 vendors in the space. In today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Ignacio, who is head of customer enablement at TrustArc, And we're here to talk about how to effectively manage third-party risk. Welcome, Paul.
1: Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. It's great to be here.
0: I'm excited to dig into the whole realm of third-party risk because it is top of mind for many people lately. Um, let's start by setting the scene. How do you see the third-party risk landscape today, one, the requirement for it, and two, the ways it's being addressed? And what challenges are companies facing?
1: Uh, Great question, Richard. Um, So if I could sum it up in kind of three words when we look at kind of the environment today. Confusion, uncertainty, and reactionary. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of confusion in the current state of privacy. Who's accountable for what, and particularly when it comes to vendor management, this is the cybersecurity team, privacy compliance team, risk management, or even procurement. Uncertainty is all around the future state of privacy. There's constant change today. It's kind of the new norm. I mean, we just look at the U.S. state privacy law enforcements coming in 2023, whether it is Obviously, Virginia has already occurred, but we have California, we have Colorado, we have Connecticut, and finally Utah, all coming into play in 23. And we just learned that on the desk of Montana and Iowa's governors are new privacy laws for those respective states. So there's constant change occurring um, in this space and has great implications for third-party. And as far as the reactionary piece, it's one of those things where cybersecurity obviously was leading in a lot of these areas and doing a lot of these reviews of vendors. But equally important now is privacy um, and needs to have a seat at that table. And I would say, you know, a lot of questions need to be asked of these vendors because with the explosion of the Internet of Things, it's kind of really forced everyone, if you will, to kind of ask the question, is there personal data being collected or shared with this vendor? Even though maybe years ago you wouldn't even have asked that, today everyone is beginning to ask that. So confusion, uncertainty, reactionary are kind of the what I would call the new norm, if you will, in the privacy Landscape today. You asked about challenges. One of the biggest challenges, as I kind of alluded to moments ago, is agreeing on what are those desired outcomes? You know, what, what are desired outcomes for procurement? What are the desired outcomes for the privacy office? What's desired outcomes from cybersecurity or infrastructure teams? And often I see one of the biggest issues is there's not clarity among those parties of what they are indeed looking for with a vendor. If you don't have clarity internally on exactly what you're looking to accomplish, you know whether it's uh, establishing these risk guidelines or principles, if you don't have those within your own organization, it becomes pretty challenging and difficult to set those expectations and standards for third parties to, to attain to me, setting internally your strategy. What are you trying to accomplish with vendors? Is it only about risk? Is it about trust? Is it about relationships? All of those things need to be in the consideration set before you can really begin to, you know, onboard or even before that, assess of, of a vendor or supplier of choice.
0: Thanks for that clarity, Paul, because you know, we we tend to think of organizations in silos and for sure the security teams, even sometimes separate from the risk teams, and for sure privacy and procurement just don't seem to talk to each other very often, though both privacy and security teams may tell procurement, you know, we need you to fill out this questionnaire for every new vendor kind of thing. Um how are organizations typically identifying and assessing these third party risks?
1: So, you know, from from TrustArc's perspective and having been in the industry uh, for a number of years, you know, typically um, the first approach is some sort of a- assessment, right? There's an assessment uh, of where the vendors need, uh, need to obviously demonstrate that they meet those minimal privacy, security, uh, benchmarks, requirements, as I alluded to moments ago. As for the format, how do they do this, right? We see it all, um, you know, typically in two different varieties. There's what I would refer to as a low-tech approach or high-tech approach. And then the other one is they don't. They don't know how or where to begin, or they don't see the need. Um, we're seeing less of that now. About don't see the need, particularly with the um, the enforcement's coming out of California. There's less and less of that. But you know, in this whole thing, the most the most common approach is is low tech, right? And often it's using some spreadsheet software. Let's let's face it. It's it's the most readily available without having to invest any more money. Everyone has some sort of Office package within their organization and generally includes a spreadsheet. And so they kind of default to using um, and building a questionnaire and a spreadsheet. And obviously, we've all been there, done that, and uh, we all know that that there are some pros and cons to that. So, on the low tech assessment, you know, a pro would be obviously, again, the availability of that um, particular software. Most employees have some working knowledge. Um, or maybe even experts in spreadsheets. So it's really a low uh, barrier to entry. So all, all of those are, you know, things that certainly make spreadsheets attractive. The challenges or the cons. It's mainly intense, intensive to maintain. You know, too often we hear about people juggling these spreadsheets and share drives, and you know they're they're caught up in their email and you know all those workflows are kind of there. It's difficult to identify gaps or risk as you know as they're recorded in the assessment. It's often a you know one size fits all, right? There's no conditional logic that opens up additional questions based on the relevancy of the answers they just responded, uh, questions they just responded to, and there's clearly no reporting uh, that comes out of it. So it's very labor-intensive, easy to use, easy to start, but if you're looking for long-term, it becomes quite a challenge in trying to look at one spreadsheet year after year and what has changed. Now, if we switch over to um, using some sort of software, let's say, or what I refer to as kind of a high-tech assessment, the benefits of doing that is you can leverage that conditional logic. And so in that situation, depending on that response given by that vendor, it will show the most relevant question next, and not one-size-fits-all like on the low-tech side, there's automated workflows, right? There's vendor collection, follow-ups, approvals, revalidation efforts. All of those are often found in these software packages. There's an ability to flag and generate often a plan of action or, you know, flag and, and identify those potential risks. And then obviously one of the benefits of that is the ability of, Being able to do some sort of reporting, particularly looking at things year over year or at that moment. And and maybe, you know, it would recommend that, you know, due to the results of that assessment, we need to add in X, Y and Z type clauses into those vendor contracts right so we are driving that those things are important to us as a company and those are indeed our requirements kind of on the con side if you will obviously it's an additional expense right you got to purchase the software and with any new software you have to be trained on it it's often dependent on some external support to a, a extent Because most of these solutions today in the marketplace are SaaS-based. So there is a third party involved, the SaaS uh, solution owner. And often one of the other bigger issues, particularly with the cybersecurity teams, is these are off-premise, right? They're SaaS solutions. And thus, that always makes people nervous when it's not on-prem.
0: Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm imagining if, you've got 100 suppliers or third parties you interact with, which could include you know, your law firm or whatever, um, if you've essentially, because you're using software, you've got automatic pivot tables, right? So you can say, hey, for this particular item, you know, exposure to some legal process or something how many of my third parties are scoring low on that so that gives you something that you would have difficulty doing in a spreadsheet
1: absolutely you know doing any type of that comparison in a broader sense right to have some sort of if you will dashboard that you can quickly and efficiently compare because let's face it again because of the internet of things you're starting to have a lot more vendors um, that need to have some level of assessment, particularly in privacy security, because they're touching personal data of some sort now, uh, where before that wasn't the case. And so really, it was, you know, a lot more about, you know, the relationship, maybe their past experience, right, the longevity, the, their financial health as a company, you know, all these other factors were more critical. But now, it's, if you're collecting, indeed, processing personal data, what is your security, the appropriate technology and security, and and so forth that is wrapped around um, the protection of that personal data? Do they have a privacy program on their side of the fence? Because we're certainly seeing that with regulators today. It's not about you know a snapshot in time that they're interested in, right? It used to be. We, we approached particularly privacy mostly like we do audits, right, financial audits or, or business audits, and nothing against that process. It works very effectively for what audit auditing typically does. However, it's usually an intense month, right, (laughs) within a function. And they go through that battery of questions and they make some changes and people get trained. And then we move on until the next year. That used to be how particularly U.S. businesses approached privacy. And what they're finding out now, and I suspect some of that, Confusion that I mentioned earlier on is they now need to shift from an audit mentality of one and done to one that is ongoing as a program, so that you can constantly see how it's coming to life, as opposed to a snapshot in time. You know, I certainly t- tell this to my clients all the time. It is much more important to build a program. Than being able to, you know, give the authorities a piece of paper and saying, "Look, uh, we did an assessment uh, seven seven months ago."
0: Right. Talk us through how TrustArc fits into all this, and you know specifically how you help your customers with this problem.
1: Thanks. Thanks for uh, for asking that. Thinking of what kind of makes kind of TrustArc unique in this area is certainly deep expertise. Um, in the privacy and uh, the data governance area. You know, we've been around um, since 1997. We started out, many may, may or may not know this, but we started out as trustee and a, basically an assurance um, agent on behalf of the Department of uh, Commerce of the United States. And back then it was all about, <laughs> now I'm dating myself, safe harbor, Right. And getting certified for it, for that type of behavior. And, you know, and many in the industry, you know, over time, mm-hmm. you know, we began to look at, just like I mentioned uh, moments ago, how can technology kind of help this space? And so initially it was how does it help the assurance or certification space? But then it became. And there were a few of us early involved in that, When and I was a customer uh, when they were starting to do this back in um, 2015, and, you know, starting to put forth what would technology look like that could really, really enable and help privacy offices. And so we kind of started, you know, down that road. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the space has gotten very crowded. We were the first in the space from a privacy software perspective and it's gotten crowded. Um, but what really you know makes us kind of unique is obviously our deep expertise. We definitely focus in on privacy first and foremost. That's what we do. That's all we do. Um, we don't try to stretch into anything else. And we have obviously not only still the certification or assurance services, but we also have uh, a deep bench in um, ex-CPOs or, you know, privacy leads of, you know, Fortune 1000 companies that are, have come aboard as um, consultants for us. But I think, you know, you know, kind of zeroing in and shifting specifically how does TrustArc approach vendor management? Just carve that piece out. We really begin to look at uh, a couple of things. One is understanding the maturity of the organization from a privacy standpoint. Obviously, um, helping facilitate those assessments. You know, consultants will help them formulate, as I mentioned earlier, those benchmarks? What are you trying to get them to attain? Or what are those requirements? Um, And it really doesn't matter what industry or what size of organization, you just have to do this type of work before you can take that next step. And we have a a tool, our software, our vendor management solution of record is our assessment manager tool, which, um, you know, basically, you know, has a number of templates out of the box, or you can create custom templates. And then they, we use those, uh, we publish those assessments, um, to their emails. They go ahead and get a button in their email. They click on that. It, SAS solution, of course, opens up their browser and they begin to answer those questions. And dependent on those answers, they may get different set of questions that follow because it's all conditional and logic-based. And, you know, in the end, you look at those specific answers, and you look at those required actions that they need to attain, right, those requirements. And, you know, basically, it gets either flagged that something is not answered the way it was intended to be answered, and therefore gets a flag. And you can create You know, our solution allows you to create, if you choose, let's say, you know, action item B as your response, if someone answers with that action item B, maybe it fires an email to someone in the privacy office. Maybe it's high risk activity. That has been flagged and therefore needs additional eyes on that. And particularly right now with the volume of activity going in, you know, a risk-based approach and mentality is top of mind for everyone. So having a piece of software like this that can help you not only drive the greater efficiency and effectiveness, uh, but also identify those areas where there's gaps and build an action plan as well as the ability to follow up, you know, on those particular items all within the same solution. So you're not juggling between Outlook and Sharepoint and, you know, all these other different things. You have it all contained in one. You have a repository for history, revalidation, whatever it needs to be done as you move forward.
0: Now I get it. Thank you so much, Paul. This has been really great for you to join us. Um, Deeply appreciated having that clarity around uh, third-party risk assessment, but in particular around privacy issues. Also, thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast for further information on third-party risk and uh, tracking and making it simpler. Um, then please head on over to TrustArk.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com.